The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hmm? Ah! Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pei. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we are covering Season 2, Episode 4 of Sweet Tooth, titled Bad Man. Which is so not a fair title and not a fair assessment and i've got a whole thoughts about that but we'll get to that later prior to <laughs> us hitting record tonight you mentioned you had a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. about tonight's episode and there were many notes taken and many rabbit holes um as part of your journey so <laughs> um so well does that mean that you liked this week's episode or how would you define what did this I... episode do for you this week I liked this episode a bunch because of how much I disliked this episode. And what that means is, is it's, it's not that it was a bad episode. It was Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. visually storytelling, everything. Uh, It's just kind of the theme of this episode was let's take characters that I really like and make them me really not like them for an episode, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, and then maybe take some characters I really don't like and try to make me like them. I don't know. We, it's I have thoughts, lots of thoughts. That's <laughs> I think it's going to be a real journey for mm-hmm. us tonight, Pake. I agree with you. It, mm, I, I do. I have issue with some things as well. Not that I didn't dislike it, but same same thing. Some of the the decisions they've um, had our characters make. Yeah. Um, this week, I, you know, I I find frustrating um you know and i'm sure we're gonna talk about it but yeah i mean i think it was a good episode like you said all the all the things were great um i think visually and i think there were some interesting choices but yeah i i'm like what what are you doing here uh Mm -hmm. to us you know what are you trying to tell us so yeah um well yeah, let's let's talk about it then. And, you know, I'm curious to see who you think might be, you know, we always kind of look at titles, not just the show, but a lot of shows that, that we cover and we look at the titles and try to kind of figure it out. You know, I yeah. uh, wonder if, if we'll have any guesses on who who or maybe more than one person um, that could be the meaning of the title Bad Man. Yeah, I mean, I can episode. kind of without digging into my points, I can give you kind of my read on it is. Sure. I think it is two pronged. I think there's the two meanings, which I like when they do that. I mean, yeah. clearly, Abbott is a bad man. <laughs> he's showing he's a bad man. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even three-pronged if we want to look at Addy, and he's kind of turning to the dark side uh, to make a Star Wars kind of reference in there a little <laughs> bit. Uh, you know, doesn't care about those younglings anymore. Um, and then <laughs> uh, But then I think the other big prong of it is Jep. Mm. Kind of playing off of his his moniker of big man, yeah. And and after his conversation with Amy, bad man kind of being the the twist on that. I think that's what they're going for. 
I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I th- mm-hmm. I think I see where you're going tonight with some of your some of your points. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, let's talk about it. Do you want to kick us off tonight with your first point? Where are you leading us? All right. I figure I'm gonna. If anything, I'll be consistent. Uh, it'll be <laughs> okay. the. Th- I, I looked back at my notes to make sure, and yeah, this is the third week in a row, third episode that I'm just gonna start my first point. Ronnie, we're gonna talk about Ronnie and her yeah. journey here a little bit. I feel like consistency is key here. Let's we'll start with her. Why not? <laughs> uh, so she. The well, first time we see her, this episode is after Addie makes his, you know, miracle realization, and then we see her come in and kind of celebrating with him for a little bit until she realizes what has happened. Mm-hmm. That she realizes he still had to kill a hybrid in order to get the cure. And she's mortified. It kind of goes from this joy and this happiness to immediately she just leaves him alone right there. Like, mm-hmm. can't speak to him, can't look at him, just has to get out of the room. Uh, and then she just kind of focuses on herself a little bit. She has a conversation with Johnny, which I'll talk about later, uh, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, but yeah, she's just kind of floating alone in this world right now where she's dealing with the realities that they're having to face, what her husband has been working on and doing, but now with this new realization and kind of this karmic balance she's been battling with in herself and this morality of what's really going on and is it worth it? You know, is progress really progress when you're doing the things that you're doing? Uh, And then I like the little moment before dinner where Addie says to her, if it gets to be too much, say the word gargoyle, and I'll get you out of there. And immediately, gargoyle. <laughs> and they still go to the dinner, but I I like that they focused on that because it is mm-hmm. her saying, it's already too much. I'm already at my limit. So, like, what more can you really throw at me? Uh, and then the dinner, I really like that she uses it as a chance to undermine Abbott the best she can. Just a little bit, you know? She's wearing her PJs to dinner, which, I mean, honestly, she doesn't really have many other clothing options anyway, but... Yes, that's true. <laughs> but we saw her wearing, like, a different shirt and stuff earlier in the day, so it was like, she made an active, like, choice to be like, I'm going in my pajama pants and sweatshirt. <laughs> like, she's right. like, I'm not dressing up for this guy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> a total, I think, a total statement. I think, yes. I think you're right. Definitely a statement <laughs> as to how much respect she's showing to, to this dinner invitation. Yeah. Yeah. But she goes in and she talks to... Bubbly Dudley before, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we see that she kind of went behind Abbott's back to pick the food for, for the dinner. Um, and she invites Johnny to dinner without Abbott knowing and is poking at Abbott about family and things like that. Uh, my personal favorite is him is her cutting off his toast to pour Johnny a drink. I think was, he just starts these past nine years and she just, Nope, uh-uh. <laughs> Not yeah. yet. Uh, doesn't care words. at all. Yeah. I love it. It was great. Yeah. And then she just says, like, anything that she feels like saying to him, almost, you know, she's making it very clear to him. She is not a big fan of him, and she does not like him. And, yeah, I just, I, I like that she took that stand, you know? She doesn't have to be some great revolutionary, down with Abbott and down with it, but just in the place that she's in, where she can be like, I don't like you, and it's okay if you know that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Big yeah. risk, yeah. <laughs> uh, Addie tries to earn some points with her on his dessert suggestion, which 
The strawberry milkshakes were terrible, but (laughs) at least she did appreciate the gesture. And it's kind of this push and pull between her and Addie that I see. And that was the start of it. And then, of course, after the dinner, we see how separate they are. She's more disenfranchised by the sociopathic tendencies of Abbott, while Addie is becoming more enamored with him. You know, Mm had he not put a gun to my head, I doubt I would have found it by now. You know, uh, the milkshake was awful, but the Kool-Aid is good. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You said it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you see they're definitely pulling apart in that situation that she is really frustrated with Addie's buying into Abbott and the things that he's almost seemingly more and more happy to do for him. Uh, she tries to see things from, him, from his view. You know, you really are working yourself. You know, the, it ends that this episode ends with them still in bed together saying, I love you. Like she's trying to connect, but you can see like her head is in two places where she's like, this is my husband. I've gone through all of this with him. I love him. I know everything he's doing is for me and for the best cause, but also at what cost is progress. Yeah. Wow. You, you made so many good points and because I mean, I have thoughts, too, obviously, on this. I mean, it's it's um, kind of one of my points, but something more specific. Um, but talking about Ronnie and, and Addie specifically, I was trying to figure out exactly w- like what Ronnie was trying to achieve with the dinner. Because, I mean, talk about the most awkward dinner party. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm like, what is she trying to achieve? Is she just trying to make it known to Abbott that? You know, like expressing her dislike to him. Is that the goal? Is she trying to create a little unrest? Is she trying to get under his skin and maybe make Addie see that this is not the man you want to follow? Because maybe Mm -hmm. she's seeing how, like you said, he's kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. Um, Is she trying to, you know, through through her eyes and through her lens try to get Addie to see him for who he is or something um and then you know bringing johnny into the mix also kind of shake things up a little bit maybe try yeah. to push some buttons with abbott a little bit i it, god it was such an awkward i mean it was well done but man it was just so awkward to watch it was just like yeah. oh i feel just so <laughs> weird watching this right now <laughs> you know? i feel like oh i just felt like a fly on the wall and i didn't want to watch mm-hmm. um because it was so awkward it felt very real um, and the the t- you could just feel that tension or, around yeah. the table. So, what do you think her goal was with with every you know everything that she was saying um, there at the at the table? Yeah, I think, like I said earlier, it my kind of just kind of first view on it is it's it's her letting him know, like you know, you may have Addie working for you and all this, but like mm-hmm. I don't respect you. I don't like you. And like, I, it's almost like kind of shooting him this little glance of, I see what you're doing. I see what you're, you know, you're, how you manipulative you are. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not buying the, the caring, charismatic leader bullshit. I'm not buying it. And it is such a risk for her to, and I agree. I just, I, I wasn't sure if there was something more she was yeah. trying to maybe just undermine him in some way, but it seems like such a dangerous game that she's playing yeah. because she's really stuck between abbott who is essentially holding them prisoner i mean Mm -hmm. addy is definitely it's a little scary the the way he's leaning uh but she's really caught between both of them 
I don't know if she's trying to, you know, say, look, I I have like you're not going to be able to sway him. I I have him. He's on in my corner, you know, in, in terms of Addie, um, you know, and that she's trying to like say that she has some sort of like control I, I, that that's bad i don't mean like control but you know like i yeah, i've i've got him yeah you know like i'm, yeah, no I'm not going you to say let or you do to him i'm still there to be the the angel on his shoulder right you can devil to, it up all you want but exactly think that was yeah. a better way of saying things like not control but like i i'm here and i'm going to be whispering in his ear to keep him on the side of good Mm-hmm. versus you trying to like bring him over to like your side like you said coming over to the dark side so definitely a dangerous game that she's playing because while i don't think he can hurt her directly because obviously if he does anything to hurt her well then Addie's going to be out like he's going yeah. to lose his resource of of this cure and and making this cure and being able to distribute it and like you know um produce it in a mass kind of way um, so Abbott can have the control that he's looking for, you know. Um, but at the same time, I could see him trying to do something very underhanded, um, accidental kind of way, uh, you know, where Addie wouldn't be suspicious, you know. Because I do mm-hmm. think that as, as, even though Addie seems to be tiptoeing on the dark side a little bit, that he still very much wouldn't want anything to happen to, to Ronnie and wouldn't sacrifice yeah. her in any way. So I think if but directly threatened her he'd be like i'm out good you're not going to get me to do anything now so but it is a dangerous game that she's playing i mean it's you know kind of tricky and i I think bringing in um johnny you know to you know over to her side a little bit maybe hoping that that's going to sway abbott a little bit maybe or offer maybe a little bit more protection for her um, so Abbott can't do anything to harm her. I don't know. Just a very interesting game that was yeah. that was happening there at that at that dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been an interesting to kind of see this turn with with Ronnie. I think I really hated her the entirety of season one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of frustration with her, uh, and I think a lot of it was this kind of mentality or idea of you know oh how selfish of her to not care what happens to the hybrids if it's helping her but Mm -hmm. this season's done a good job of i think showing that she didn't realize what stakes were really there and now that she does that she does have a lot more of a moral compass than people thought she did yeah well it's it's pretty you know and like i said in one of our other episodes you know what where i'm trying to kind of understand a little bit more about this world and and the propaganda that was fed to all of any survivors of the sick and you know if if you've never met a hybrid but you're being fed all this misinformation about yeah. them uh, um you know about how they well they've caused the sick um so they're bad they're just wild animals they don't have thoughts feelings they can't speak you know so it's very easy to disassociate yourself but and so she was just part of that as well yeah. And now that she's kind of face to face and she's seeing that these are all lies. If, if if we were being lied to about this, what else are we being lied to? Right. You can yeah. you can assume if you've been lied to about this, then there's so many other lies, you know, that, that yeah. are, are probably out there that you've been fed that aren't true. Uh, so to see that, you know, uh, 
she's face to face with some of these hybrids, the the source of this secret sauce. Oh, it's such a foul word. I hate saying that. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, knowing what how they have to um obtain this. It's it's just gross. Um but now that she's like face to face with the source of what mm-hmm. has been keeping her alive all of this time, and now especially seeing um as as that it's a part of the cure as well. Um it's been interesting to kind of see this turn in her character. And I think they've, they've handled it pretty well. Cause I don't, I don't hate her anymore. Um, well that, that's a really great point. Um, anything else you want to say before I move in with mine? No, that's it. That's all I had. Okay. That was really good. Great little rabbit hole there. Um, well, I'll just add to that and talk a little bit about, this is kind of short, but, Probably um, just so shocking to me, probably the most shocking moment in the episode for me. And maybe this is me being a little naive. Sometimes I feel like I'm on it. Like nothing can shock me anymore when I'm watching TV shows. I feel like, you know, Uh I can kind of predict a little bit about what's going to happen. I feel like I've, you know, kind of have a good detector for some things. But then sometimes I also get pretty naive. (laughs) And this was (laughs) definitely one of those episodes. And that is when we were presented in the lab with Addie and the reveal of what happened to Peter. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever been so pissed off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, probably there's probably if I go back, but, you know, some other TV shows, I'm sure there's probably some similar moments, but. I was so freaking mad and so pissed at Addie in, in yeah. that moment. He was um, a gator boy. We said, see you later, boy. Because you got your brain removed. Too soon, sorry. I am. <laughs> too soon, fake. Too, too soon. soon. Too soon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was so upset. You know, I was really uh, just in the few minutes that we were, was introduced to Peter. And yeah, I know. Look, the costume was terrible. It's terrible. Okay. A lot of these <laughs> hybrid costumes and uh, things that they have for the kids are, are not all of them are very good. I get it. But there was something very endearing about him. I don't know if it was just because knowing that he had, I, I assume anyway, we don't get any backstory, but I assume he had been abandoned and on his own for probably, if not the entire time, a lot of the times. I don't know. We we may not know if he was ever completely alone there mm-hmm. at the lab and at Fort Smith. But he had been alone and he's he was a kid and he's yeah. fending for himself. Uh but he has a couple of moments there with Gus and he's like, oh hey, you know, I don't have to be like a, a you know a wild maniac. But that's how he's had to be because it's just been him and he's had to protect himself. So you know, his character was really endearing to me in those first few moments. And then, of course, when they had shot him with a tranquilizer, I was like, ah, I was absolutely horrified. And then just to so nonchalantly the way that Addie just walks over to the table and just throws that cover off mm-hmm. off the table and exposes Peter and not just Peter dead, but like with his brain exposed like that. Yeah. I was so upset that I think just I sat there for a couple minutes the episode just kept playing like the scene kept playing between um Addie and Abbott that I didn't even realize I had no clue what like what was going on I was just like so removed for at least a good couple of minutes I was so freaking angry and I was like Mm -hmm. what the fuck just happened I (laughs) 
was so upset. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect yeah. it. Um, I don't know if it caught anyone else off guard. Did it catch you off guard at all? Oh, Did you absolutely. expect that to happen? Absolutely. Because we talked about last week how kind of endeared we were with Addy that like his conversation with Gus at the end of the episode where Gus says, you know, if you hurt Peter, I'll never work with you again. He goes, well, a deal's a deal. And they have this like moment mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, like he's going to honor that. And then for you to turn around the next episode and realize, oh, he doesn't give a fuck about what Gus says. He's just going to do what he needs to do anyway. Yeah, that it is frustrating because you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> like just so careless about, you know, this connection he's had with Gus and that hi- hybrids, they're not 100% human, but they have thoughts, they have feelings, and they matter. Their yeah, lives I think matter I said, like everyone's. Yeah, last week when the scales and tails line he used on Ronnie, and I said, mm-hmm. I don't think he really believes that. He's just trying to... After this, I'm like, no, maybe he does believe that. Maybe he really right. doesn't view them as anything more human. You're right. Maybe. Maybe it was just bullshit. Uh, I, I, was, uh, I agreed with you. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think... It was something he was telling Ronnie just to because he wanted her to like still like be disassociated and not, you know, have her um, have her get caught up and have like feelings about them or anything like that. So I agreed with you. And then now, again, I'm like, maybe that was bullshit because I am I'm really pissed off about that because I was really rooting for Addie. And I'm like, okay, so I know he's like completely sleep deprived. Like he was up for days and days and days, and it doesn't look like he's rested at all since they got back from Fort Smith. And he just just dove deep into this research and formulating what we think is the cure. And so that was that was really disheartening. Um, but so I'm going to move on because I'm I'll, I could just ramble about that for quite some time. It just <laughs> really had to make a point about that because it really it 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 ticked me off. I was really disappointed really disappointed in the character of Addie. I'm trying to kind of see the side of things a little bit. And I got to, you know, remember, and I say it so often, you think it w- I would have to say it again to myself, honestly, that not everything's black and white. There's so much gray yeah. um, and morally ambiguous um, characters and stuff in so many shows, this one included. But do you think th- the the cure, if this is, do you think it really is a cure? Do you think he's just sleep deprived and made it up or not really made it up but thinks that's what it is i'm, I'm curious that would you... be an interesting twist yeah yeah because we see him looking at the computer screen where it's like no virus detected like if that was in his head it would be very interesting and uh would not be great between him and abbott <laughs> if abbott just views it as him lying to him uh yeah well, i don't think that's what's going on i think it is legit but also mm. it's an interesting theory that with this show, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I was just like, well, he's because he's kind of leaning. What I was seeing, uh, little tidbits in this episode is he's leaning a little mad scientist. Mm-hmm. You know, I I got those vibes from him, and he's really letting this go to his head. Uh, because yeah. what was it? The last episode that we were talking about was, you know, a purpose. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh destiny and my purpose is what kept coming up a lot like he yeah is so consumed with what is my purpose now you know he thinks he knows his purpose and that's finding a cure not just for ronnie and saving her but then for all of humanity 
And I feel like this has really like gone to his head. Like I've done it. I've gotten there. I have found this cure. I I know my purpose. And he's so kind of drunk on that feeling mm-hmm. uh, that he's he's went a little mad scientist. But I'm like, dude, you're so sleep deprived. Do you even can you even see straight? Right. You know, um, so I don't know. And maybe it is. But I'm like, really, how does that happen so fast? I mean, I get it. It's a TV show based off of a comic and, you know, real world (laughs) timing does not work. But I'm just like, dude, y'all just got back from Fort Smith. And that day or that next day, you have a cure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that, that seemed a little unbelievable. But I'm curious to know if this thing will actually work. Like, I know he's done his little computer tests and it says no virus detected but i feel like now he's got to move on to like using ronnie as like his human study right i mean mm-hmm. he's gonna experiment on her and how's that gonna go i mean right i don't know so i don't know i don't know if you have any thoughts about that but that was my short well probably not so short it felt short but i, I ranted a little bit um <laughs> kind of point about addy and the cure and then poor uh peter r.i.p yeah uh I'll, I'll I'll use that to. Are you gonna segue? Catapult, yeah, to segue <laughs> in, segue into a, a, another point that I had it's a, a little further, but it. I switched mine all the way up uh, anyway. Um, because yeah, uh, this this point will kind of touch on several different points of the episode, but lightly. I'll leave other stuff to other point uh, or other notes, but you know, cue the award show music. Um. <laughs> This this episode inspired me to introduce the well fuck you then awards. Uh, <laughs> we have a couple of inductees into the hall of fuck you. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to just like do that. Uh, so the I love first it. I'm installment, here for it. <laughs> yes. So you you brought up that one, the first installment of the well fuck you then section. Uh, Addie Singh, who finds a viable cure, and the antibodies were in the eggs, and they were the answer. Except they have to be combined with the hybrid DNA and you still have to kill a hybrid as well. The secret sauce was missing a component, but not needing replaced by an alternative. Maybe he could find an alternative in due time, but he doesn't have due time. So I understand that, but he lied to Gus. Flat out lied to his face so he can fuck right off. Uh, (laughs) And don't bring Birdie into this, you monster. Uh... (laughs) Right. Saying, you know, if only we could have been working together, I'm going to do you proud. And it's like, I don't think she would want any of this, but sure. Uh, and yeah, he's starting to drink the Abbott Kool-Aid just a little bit. He still thinks Abbott's a narcissistic douche canoe, but he wants to make Daddy Abbott proud. So he's starting to lose his morality and not really care. The ethics are going out the window. And yeah, just made me and put him into that list. Um, <laughs> The next inductee into the awards, just by a little small margin, we only met him this episode, but uh, Rufus gets inducted into the fuck you list as well, talking trash and saying really messed up things about hybrids right in front of Amy and Jeopard. Yeah. That punch in the face was more than coming, and he's lucky that that's all that happened. No kidding. And I think Dolly definitely figured he deserved it in the end, right? Uh, <laughs> so, giving him that. Um. And then the last inductee, you see, Jeopard tells the full truth to Amy. His past is eating at him, and the situation brings all of it to the fore. He was promised by the last men that if he worked for them, that they would help find his family. And the work that he did for them was to round up hybrids and bring them in. 
He was the best, the hybrid catcher, right? And Amy is appalled by this, which I get. It's a heavy truth. Uh, but he has been atoning for that, and he has clearly changed as a person, and her reaction is a little unwarranted and a little strong, and she's kind of awful for the way she treats him. You know, she's asking him and asking him to talk about things and to open up, and then he does, and she turns on him. So Amy, Eden, unfortunately, welcome to the fuck you club. Uh, (laughs) 100%. And to be clear, her initial reaction of hurt and anger, that's fine. It's understandable. Even Jep kind of allows her to get that frustration out while she's like pounding on his chest and like crying. He was like, I get it. It's a lot. Let it out. But it's the bullshit she pulls later. Mm-hmm. It's removing him from the plan, not letting, not letting him get on the plane and telling him. And especially th- those are the words that made me see with anger. I'll get Gus, but you can't be a part of his life anymore. He's better off with me. And I was like, oh, that Ooh. is why she's the inductee in the Hall of Fuck You fame. Um, we're not yeah, that, that was a line, man. <laughs> that was a line that she should not have crossed. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it's a quick like little thing. Club. But, <laughs> but that's I'm, I'm, We're introducing the Fuck You Awards, and we've got three inductees in its first setting, first episode. So... <laughs> <laughs> and it's two two of those three where people I really liked and talked a lot about with Amy and Addie, and now I'm just like, mm, you're crossing lines. Mm. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't get. Like, gosh, why? Why are they making us go through this? Uh, well, I like that category. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use that <laughs> moving forward in so many other shows too. Uh, right. Well, that's a great segue into w- one of my next points. And these are in no particular order. Honestly, right. I've been kind of skipping around as, as you've been kind of talking. I'm like, hey, I've got either a point about that or related to that. So I have a point related to that. And that is definitely about Amy. Because, mm. yeah, she royally pissed me off this this episode. I This was just a really frustrating episode. I was just I'm yeah. like... It's a good episode, but I'm just pissed off. That was my, um, you know, my feeling I was left with after watching twice. Um, <laughs> but I found it incredibly selfish of of her this episode to d- just ditch Jeff like that. Yeah. Um, and especially considering the group that she was aligning herself with. Uh, yeah. This group, I mean, they're mercenaries. We all know what mercenaries do, right? They do. It's basically dirty deeds, not maybe dirt cheap, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> th- that's just what they do. They are paid to do dirty shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they it seems like they don't have a moral compass, uh, you know, uh, and their hands are not clean by any means. So you're aligning yourself with these this group of folks and knowing, like you said, good point that you had about that asshole and, and all the garbage that was he- that he was spewing. Um, in general, especially about hybrids, knowing th- how much Amy herself cares about hybrids and, and Jep now, who's come to care about hybrids um, through, you know, his relationship with Gus. So it's totally OK that you align yourself with these assholes to to get what you want. But you just go and, uh, you know, find this moral high ground against Jep, who right. is clearly trying to, like, atone for what he's done mm-hmm. she, she doesn't know him like we do she hasn't spent the time with him that, that we have but she was like well you know i trust you know them as much as i trust you and you haven't let me down yet uh, which 
you know, I'm like, I don't think he was laying you down. He came clean. He came to yeah. you. He didn't have to. He could have kept it secret, but he's trying to be clean about his past. And yeah. he even had, I mean, look, there's no condoning what he did as a last man, but you can definitely understand his reasoning behind it. Like, he was a parent. She's a parent. Um, mm-hmm. I think anyone in, a, in in that kind of situation can kind of understand why he did what he did. Um, and he's just trying to like atone for that. And he came clean about it. And that was his motivation. I feel like anyone can understand that. I feel like anyone in this world, I mean, we, we would talk about it in The Walking Dead all the time, right? Look at all the, yeah. you know, some of our, even some of our favorite characters who did horrific things, right? But yeah. had good motivation behind it, you know, whether it's protecting your family, protecting your loved ones and food sources and things like that. You know, you could kind of be like, well, yeah, that was a really bad thing, but we understand why you did it. Kind of the same situation here. You know, you feel like you can kind of understand and there's probably a lot of people in that world that's had to do some bad things to either survive, uh, protect their family, provide for their families or even find their families because of this world that they're living in. So it was absolutely appalling how she or her over the top reaction. It's fine. Have some feelings. That's fine. Be like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, I need to sit with that. You know, maybe take a step back and. You know, then come back later and be like, okay, yeah, well, I, I get it. We're good. Thanks for telling me the truth um, instead of like hiding it from me. But then, like you said, then she takes it a step above, you know, mm-hmm. not only going off on him and, and, and making him feel even lower than the low um, of how he's already feeling because he does feel bad about what he's done. And that's, yeah. that's I think, really key. If, if someone is really trying to atone and they feel really bad and ashamed of what they've done, but they're trying to do better. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta take that into account. I think absolutely. But yeah, then the then the step that she takes later when she's like, oh, and guess what? I'm just gonna you know take Gus away from you. He's gonna be better off with me. Oh wow! If anyone had <laughs> clearly, said, she doesn't know Gus. <laughs> wow, yeah, for sure. And I think that you say anything like that to you know, a parent and, you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, you know, especially like when we heard, uh, you know, oh, they took his son, Gus, you know, when you can hear that clearly that's kind of the relationship they have, even though it's not biological. Yeah. Um, it, that, you just, you don't do that. And she should know better than anyone. You do not threaten a relationship between a parent and their child like yeah. that. And it was so incredibly frustrating. And it was also frustrating just because, um, I feel like this is something that some shows do to some characters and especially of like the female gender for like no reason (laughs) where, (laughs) you know, she it's just a trope, I think, that happens to a lot of of female characters. You know, she's on our side. She's, you know, fairly competent and cool. And then all of a sudden she becomes completely irrational and hysterical and she becomes just completely stupid. Um, And there's like no good reason for it. And I Mm -hmm. and that. Uh, bother the shit out of me too yeah, just just on that. that point so um so yeah i have problems with that it, it was really irritating that that's the route that they decided to take with this character and uh with the female character too on top of it that irritated me um so yeah f you amy <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's that's my thought on it mm-hmm. um what's your next point all right. Um, 
trying to see because I mean that kind of summed up that like I have another point about just like Amy and Jeopard and the Air Lords. It's like connected, but I don't know if I want to do that or jump to another point about something else. So go with your gut. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll jump to something else and then circle back to that. Uh, All right. I want to. I, I really want to talk about the hybrids, Gus and the kids, and yeah. their dynamic because it's. It's at a different level, but it's more frustration. Um, the kids are, I mean, rightfully pissed at Gus for lying about Roy, obviously. And, you know, he wants to just protect them. But as a leader, we've talked about Gus's arc and him kind of maturing and finding this leadership role and realizing what it takes to be kind of not really a guardian or protector, but in a way he is, but, you know, to, to be responsible for other people. And he's he's going to learn in due time that sometimes, you know, trust and honesty are going to go further than just protection and shielding from things. That you have to be open and dialogue. I think the greatest leaders are people who are willing to admit their faults, right? And so yeah. he's going to, he he will learn that in time. He's still a 10-year-old boy. He has right. lots of growing to do. So yeah, he's it's, 10. It's hard to expect perfection from him and not expect him to make mistakes and screw things up and not realize the consequences of his actions and choices, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. what kids do, is is make mistakes and get messy and then learn from it and grow, right? That's the whole point of being a kid, right. is learning to become the person you're going to be someday. So he is in that that place. And so, and I mean, there are other kids too, so it's for them to learn to grow and forgive and understand and be on that level with people so that's so it's hard for me to get like really mad at them for the way they treat gus because you're dealing with kids in all of these situations and like i said that's that's what kids do is make mistakes get messy and do stupid things and learn from it so (laughs) they're all in that place but wendy i'm a little more frustrated with she doesn't have as much of a right to be as mad at him because she went along with it for mm-hmm. how long until they found out, right? Yes. So then her angle of being mad at Gus is this suspicion of Gus is, well, the last men keep bringing you in and out and, you know, they take you away, they bring you back over and over again. What makes you special? What's going on? And she's kind of suspicious of him. And the whole group just pushes Gus to the outside. They ostracize him in the kennels. <laughs> you know, they don't want to speak to him. They don't want to look at him. Sucks. And it's sad. You just see him having to deal with that. Uh, you know what Finn tells him, you know, we're going to escape, but without you. And it's like, that's a little harsh. Um, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Kids are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but team Bobby rejoice. Because Yay. Bobby trust Gus. If Bobby trust Gus, others trust Gus. Gus good. Bobby good, Bobby cuddle dog, Bobby cute, Bobby smart, Bobby cut collar with Leatherman, Bobby plan to climb out sewer pipe, Bobby go find help, Bobby Shawshank. Yes! Uh, <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption <laughs> reference. Oh god, I was dying. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> And then, again, we have Wendy being all pissed off at Gus for helping Bobby do Bobby's plan. It wasn't Gus's idea. What am I? My groundhog's keeper? Uh, (laughs) But I'm... (laughs) 
I'm not going to add Wendy to my aforementioned list because, as I said, she's a child being immature. That's what they do. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, I will give Wendy a break and not induct her into the hall with her mother because, again, do, she's we not a kid. do that with kids? Okay, we're, well. She's a kid. We're fine. We're fine. All right. All <laughs> I right. I don't know. Some kids. <laughs> some kids. Uh, <laughs> but Wendy gets a pass because she's good at heart. Um, but yeah, but this episode is just chock full of moments that make you mad and annoyed with characters that I liked, you know? Um, <laughs> yes. Was irritating. Uh, and then kind of the last part of this that we see in this story is those guards seeing Dog in the kennel, and they get all fired up about that, and they storm in, and they're threatening and terrorizing the kids. And that's when the reveal happens to Gus that Peter was killed by Singh, and Gus is pissed. At first, I thought when he took off running, I thought he was going to like confront Addy. Mm-hmm. Is what I thought he was trying to do at first, but then you kind of see him going, I just want to go home. And he's just like, he's had it. The kids have pushed him aside. Addy has lied to him and betrayed him, and he's just he's just trying to escape. He's just trying to run and get away from it all. Um, I don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, Fuck he everyone. He slashes that one asshole with his antler, and which is cool, because then the rest of the time he's running, you see the blood, like, stained and, like, on yeah. his antler. You're like, oh, right. Go guest. Your first <laughs> blood. Yeah. Yeah. But instead of running away, he runs into Abbott, so that mm. cannot be a good situation. Uh... That's where we're left with that, so have to wait and see what happens, but yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, that was hard. Gus is one of my points, too. It's it's pretty short because I was just irritated. And jo- again, so much of what happened in this episode just had me so irritated. And I think you summarized it really nicely. But it was so hard to see our sweet boy ostracized from the group like that. And not only was, you know, we have both Jep and Gus both ostracized and, and separated from like mm-hmm. the group. Uh, you know, and I, I hated that. It was so unfair and it was really hard for me to not be even harder on Wendy. I mean, I'm upset with her, but I keep telling myself she's nine. She's nine. She's nine. Yeah. They're kids. Um, I, I can give them more of a pass than I can like Amy yeah. and and uh, and the adults in this show, because you're right. You make a good point. They're they're, they're children and they make mistakes and, and they grow and they learn from them. And and I hope that that doesn't put some kind of permanent gap between them and their friendship. I hope they can somehow find a way to come back together. Um, and both that both of them were wrong. Maybe Gus didn't make the best decision in deciding to lie to the kids and having Wendy go along with it. But Wendy screwed up too. She also mm-hmm. lied to the kids and they didn't get angry with her. Right. Like she knew the entire time. She could have... In that moment when Gus is like, no, 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 she's like, no, that's not what happened. Or she could have said something sooner. I mean, it still would not have presented Gus in the the best light. But she made that choice, too. But all of a sudden, she's got this moral high ground, you know, um, that 
she can come down onto Gus. Well, girl, you were right there with him, you yeah. know, spreading that same um, lie uh, for the kids. So it was really frustrating to see that, you know, the kids didn't also, I mean, not that I want any of the kids to be ostracized and separated and, you know, treated that way, but I'm like, y'all are fine with kicking Gus to the curb, but you're letting Wendy go scot-free when she did the exact same thing. Um, She could have said something before now. And again, I know that they're kids, but damn, I was pissed. I just pissed Mm -hmm. at how, but I'm like, you know, yeah, sometimes being a kid is brutal, you know, and kids get mad at each other for the dumbest things. Mm-hmm. You know, I know these are like nine and 10 year old, or I guess it's 10, I guess technically the oldest and the rest of them are around nine or, or under. Uh, and, and kids get mad at each other for the dumbest things. And when my daughter was in preschool. There was this little girl. She had this when my daughter was in preschool. She had this little Barbie locket. It was heart shaped and it had Barbie written on it. It had like a little pink rhinestone in it. it was just a cheap little thing. But she loved it. Wore it every day to preschool. And this little girl that was playing with her one day was like, oh, can I see your necklace? And she's like, yeah. So she was showing it to her and she like plucked out the little pink rhinestone and then just sat it down and walked away from from Mike. They were like playing on the on the rug in the play school room. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter's just staring at her like, the hell? You just, <laughs> you just broke my locket for like no reason. And she never said she was sorry. She never. And to this day, my daughter has like a grudge against this girl. <laughs> Like, this was preschool. She was yeah. like four years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> just an example, a real world example of like, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I'm like, I, I do volunteer work at an elementary school. So, I'm around <laughs> these kids weekly. And yeah, no, I've, I've been privy and first, yeah, witnessing like, you, you guys are arguing over what? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I get that. Look, it was a really shitty thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not saying it was OK, but it's just like to see how long, you know, how this grudge was and that she was still very angry uh, with this girl and, um, you know, would not be friends with her to this day. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah. Um, it was it was very disheartening, but there was that little light of hope when when Bobby you know reached out and I'm yeah. I, I'm I, I've wavered. I felt like I was definitely on that team, but I'm so on Team Bobby now. He he oh, is yeah. a a weird, creepy looking little dude, but <laughs> he's got a heart of gold. He does. Uh, and to see how he reached out to Gus and was so sweet to him, and then they go in and like get on him again. Like, why did you let him go? You know, if anything happens to him, and I'm just like, gosh, Bobby went on his own. Yeah. Oh, just shut up, kids. Go back to your corner. I'm not team kids at the moment, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that I didn't really have a whole lot to add because you said it pretty well. But just, God, irritated. Um, a little bit like mother, like daughter in that episode um, between Wendy and Amy. What's your next point? All right. All right. Was that yours as well? You I mean, another? yeah, let's just say it was. It was just adding to what you had, but it was one of my points, but you said it better. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the one that had the biggest, like, rabbit hole, um, Abbott. Uh, talk about him. Uh, Oof. Yeah. God, he is such a dick in general, but also to Johnny. Um, I thought Johnny did a wonderful job as interim leader. So, yeah. I don't know. Tell him, why do I always, you know, uh, regret trusting you and wiping chocolate on his jacket and all these things? It's like, 
I mean, he did a pretty good job. There was an attempt to break in, and he did handle it. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily the good thing to do. We didn't want that to be handled. We wanted the break-in to go successfully, but but to come to Johnny's defense, he did his job. Uh, he did. He did. And, like, not in the worst dickish way. Like, he's not the worst guy. Um, yeah. And, yeah, now that Abbott's back... Johnny has to go and inform Ronnie that she will go back to being treated like a prisoner. Uh, so that's because even that's, you know, when Abbott shows up and looks and sees the flowers in the aviary, it's like, where's my prisoner? He doesn't say like, oh, where's Dr. Singh's wife? Where's Ronnie? Where's my prisoner? Um, Ugh, yeah. Okay, well, we see how you feel about things. Uh, but yeah, but when Johnny is talking to Ronnie, uh, much like he probably did while trying to make her that toast, he spills the beans. And I was right. <laughs> General Abbott is his older brother. And Ronnie feels like she can use that somehow. Uh, and uh, she's surprised, considering how awful Abbott is to Johnny. But Johnny's response, he's all I got. Family's in short supply. But it did send me down this whole rabbit hole on Abbott, or the actor playing him, really. Is it mm-hmm. a- an Abbott hole? No, I don't think I like the way that sounds. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, Abbott is played by South African actor Neil Sandilands. Uh, mm, I was wondering where that accent was from. Exactly, because this yeah. whole like season, I didn't, I don't think I noticed it as much in season one, but I've been ever so slightly thrown off by his accent this yes. season. It's been all over the place, and especially with the confirmation that he's Johnny's brother, then it really stands out because you're like, well, then what? What is this accent? Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I had to look him up. So Sandalins is South African, like I said. English is his second language. Uh, oh, interesting. And so I was interesting. So again, the, the rabbit hole keeps going, and it takes me to learning. He's actually a very talented musician and singer who has released two albums and several other singles, including a very African cover of The Times They Are A-Changin', which is good. Uh, wow. So his his little backstory that he was talking about with him and Johnny before the 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 Great Crumble or Big Crumble yeah. wasn't like maybe too far off. Right. Exactly. Except. Huh. Yeah. In the story, he gives a lot of the credit to like the talent being Johnny's. And I was like, well, Neil, the actor playing Abbott, is actually very good. Uh, Interesting. But yeah. But like his albums are all in his native tongue of Afrikaans. So it's like not in English. And I was listening to a lot of it. and. I'm adding his new album that was just released earlier this month into my listening rotation for sure. It's wow, it's great. But anyway, back to our regularly scheduled conversation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very interesting. But I was yeah. very curious to. Yeah. I'm glad it was confirmed of where he's from because I was like, yes. dude's got it. I didn't like bother to look it up or anything, but I was just like, dude's got an accent. I know I can't pinpoint it, but yeah, I was trying to place it because you can see he's trying to like do his best American accent. Yeah, but I was like, there's something in there. And I was like, Irish? No. And I was like, what? What is it? So I had to look up and he's, he's South African. South African. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, back to the character, Abbott. He's a bastard. Uh, <laughs> yes. He's a dick to Addie, but then gives him like half assed praise for finding the cure to the virus, which should be a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But then he takes it for himself and is saying, well, Ronnie can't have it yet. Uh, I'm going to hold this over you continuously uh, as long as I can. And then he invites them to dinner, which is clearly a very apparent power move is what he's really trying to do there. 
Um, and then we talked about the dinner uh, and the milkshakes, but the milkshakes do open up this monologue from Abbott about the history of him and Johnny. That as kids, they played music together, which again, yeah, after learning about his real past, they're like the real man behind the character. I was like, that's a fun detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this show, yes, Johnny was the real musical talent and Douglas Abbott ended up leaving the military or leaving for the military to send money back to his younger brother in order to help him follow his passion for music. And this is what I thought was really interesting is hearing this from Abbott's mouth. And I was, I'm still not sure how much of it, like he was being sincere or if he's still trying to like manipulate the conversation and put himself in a certain light. I'm not sure, but, but in this conversation, in this like dialogue, he says it was very important for him that Johnny remained that way, that that pure, sweet soul with a love for art, love for music. And honestly, his line when he says, I'd be the hand and he'd be the heart, it actually kind of teared me up a little bit. I was like, why am I actually getting a little emotional? Do not humanize this guy. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to care about this guy at all. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was. It was really interesting to get that from him because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I, I feel like it was very sincere, which is yeah. strange for for him. Uh, but then things flip right away when uh, Bubbly Dudley shows back up and informs him the group of three are on their way. So Abbott and Addie can demonstrate their cure. Uh, so Abbott's plan worked and seemingly Addie got the answer just in time because that would have been hella awkward for the three to show up and learn it. There actually wasn't a real cure at this moment. Uh, so mm-hmm. things worked out in Abbott's favor a little bit there. But then we see him immediately going back to this kind of like conniving planning. Oh, yeah, well, they're coming and we're going to give them a show. And we're going to and immediately any cracks of humanity and like, you know, uh, real in him is just gone. And he's back to being this, you know, very strategic and smarmy slimy general habit <laughs> yeah all the bad words yeah <laughs> yeah i i i really just don't want them to try to humanize them i'm with you um yeah. i don't want to care about abbott at all yeah. um and i don't know i don't know if they actually will for me anyway if they keep going down down that path but um because again i feel like you can't get you know, too far gone. Um, but I don't know. It it was interesting. It was probably one of the most sincere moments, like you said. It just whatever, you know. And I don't know how much how much of that is Abbott that we're seeing. You know, is he just is he is he strong arming because he's got to he's got to put forth uh, that performance, if you will, to lead. And that's what it takes, you know, to to lead, you know, the last men or something or, you know, I feel I, like if I have to try to psychoanalyze Doug Abbott <laughs> a little bit, I feel like, yeah, he started he probably was a pretty genuinely good guy, you know, playing music with his brother and having this relationship and stepping up after this conversation with their mother saying, you know, you're going to be all that John has. You have to take care of him. And I can see him really making that effort, joining the military and becoming this general that he is and doing all these things out of a, like a good purpose of taking care of his brother and keeping his brother innocent and, mm-hmm. and taking care of him and doing what he can. And then after the crumble and after the sick convincing himself, well, I have to be this ruthless dictator type 
I have to do what needs to be done to protect my brother, to take care of the ones that I love. So I can see it actually being an innocent or like, you know, thoughtful place at first. But then there was something. There is evil inside Abbott, I believe, where I think it's shifted from being do what I have to do to being, well, I actually kind of really enjoy this. I like being the one in power. Right. I don't I like being ruthless. I like being able to just snuff somebody out if I feel like it. And I think there has been a shift and I do think that he enjoys because yeah, he's not aching over the things he has to do in any way. Doesn't seem he's like totally it, no. fine to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem too heartbroken mm-hmm. over over any of that. Although for a a very very small moment he almost looked a little horrified when Addie peeled uh, the bed sheet or the, the sheet off of yeah. Peter. He, he, I, I think I that swear, was more just like, oh, God, what is that? Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe because he wasn't there when they when they found Peter, you know, because even Addie was like, oh, my gosh, you know, as he's, yeah. you know, uh, attacking the last men and standing there with guests and stuff. Even he's like, oh, my God. Um so, but I don't know, but I'm just like, is it because there's, you know, a hybrid laying there with, with, uh, you know, his, his brain surgically exposed, or is he just horrified at the, the, uh, image of this hybrid in general? Because he does, he's kind of like Bobby. He's like more hybrid, um, you know, than what he is like human. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I was just like, huh, it would be interesting if he really was kind of horrified at like what Addy, like being presented, like it's one thing to, to like hear like, oh, you have to kill hybrids for the secret sauce, whatever. Oh, you have to kill hybrids to, uh, you know, um, uh, be a part of the cure. You know, that's like your special ingredient, if you will, to uh, boost um, or or create the cure. Okay, that's fine. But to then actually be like presented with it, you know, like on the table, um, I thought, oh, did that get to him just a little bit? Maybe that's just me looking for something or trying to maybe find that moment um, to make him a little bit human and not just like this freaking uh, evil machine. With yeah. like no feelings, but it was interesting to see that kind of come out there at that uh, dinner conversation that, oh, he kind of does have thoughts and feelings and, you know, about at least about his brother yeah, um, or family anyway. This episode was really interesting because and I'm, I'm going to talk about her next because uh, it seems like every character or most characters in this episode and uh, Bear included, where we're getting to see these journeys and choices that characters make that they can be good people but based on the decisions they make might do some bad things and Mm -hmm. when they do these bad things are they able to compartmentalize and not let that let them become bad people because of the bad things that they're doing like can they still be good people and do good things and not let it corrupt them um or like Addie, who seems to be kind of drunk on this power of his like he's found his purpose he's found the cure He's riding this high um, and his, uh, you know, his glory of what he's accomplished, where he does seem to be like kind of becoming morally corrupt, you know. Um, And then like Jep, we know he's done bad things, um, but he's ashamed of that. And he's trying to atone for that. And he admits to it. Um, And then like Bear, she's my next point. So if if you don't have anything else to say about yours, I'll just jump into Bear really quick. I don't have a whole lot to say about Bear. I keep saying I don't have a whole lot to say, and I feel like I've had a lot of things to say. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> lying this episode, I guess. Sorry. But I, I didn't think it was a big surprise to see how quickly she was moving up in the ranks um, when they're going through, I guess, their basic training. Um, yeah. 
you know, we, we've seen what Bear can do in uh, the first season. You know, she's very capable. She was a leader of that animal animal army. And, uh, you know, she's she's a little bit of a badass, you know, in case uh, anyone forgot, you know, from from season one. So it wasn't shocking to see how quickly she was moving up. She definitely, I think, had her game face on. Like, she's like, I'm just here for this purpose. You know, I'm here because this is my way in to to get to Gus and to get him out and to help these other hybrids. And so she seems very focused, like that's her mission. And she's just going to, like, do this because it's an, uh, a means to an end. Yeah. But and and like I said, there's this parallel, I feel like between her story and Jeb, where they're both like joining the last men to get answers or to get access to things um, or, you know, being, um, you know, like saving someone, you know, they're, they're both kind of um, similar stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's being presented with this mission where she's maybe going to have to do some bad shit because. Yeah. There's they're 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 going somewhere where they think someone's hiding some hybrids, and I don't know. It's like where where is she gonna draw the line? Because right, like, do we, you have to follow through with this plan of like taking care of these people and taking confiscating the hybrids from them and taking them there? Does she have to allow that to happen and follow through with it so that she can get to the zoo to get the guts? Yeah, yeah. Like I I would like to think that Jep. All the bad things that he did whenever he was a last man, that it didn't sit well with him, but he did them, you know, to to try to get the information he needed or get to his family or find out information about his family, whatever, um, all the things that he was searching for and, and why he joined the, the last last men. Um, you know, now we see Bear kind of taking that same journey and like, how far is she going to go? So. I don't know. She looked a little worried, you know, about that. Like, what am I going to have to do? And is she going to be able to find a way to not have to do those things? But either way, she's a part of it. And so she's going to have to live with that. She's going to have to live with whatever part she plays in whatever's getting ready to happen next um, in order to still be able to get to Gus um, and get him out. So I don't know, just um, a lot of parallels there and seeing how, um, you know, how far our characters are willing to go and how it, how it, may or may not change them Mm -hmm. you know can you be too far gone sometimes right so i don't know that was my last point though um do you have more more points Um, i had some thoughts on becky it was kind of like a bonus point that i have point but uh, okay see how fast i can just type yeah so like the, the the becky bear stuff yeah uh of course with giving all the possessions over for the last men and she makes sure to hide and keep that set because I mean, it's kind of one of the whole <laughs> points of this like inside mission she's doing, aside from freeing Gus himself in general. Like, she's got to get this cassette to Gus because it's from Birdie and it's important. Right. Uh, I was surprised none of the last men soldiers or like the commanding officer or anything said anything or asked about her no man's land shirt. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, you said you, that she just crushes that like obstacle course and shooting range and all of those things even having to shoot the pig mannequin in the head which is a little close to home for her for uh, sure but yeah this this officer like likes her and sees something in her even with a little sexism thrown in that lion. <laughs> what was that you're letting the girl beat you we're the last men it's like what was that about why you don't even have to but then he does like gravitate towards her like after that and he's just like you are the 
most capable that we have. Uh, there's a moment I'm pretty sure she was going to tell Jordan the truth about her involvement with the animal army and things like that. She's going to mm-hmm. take that moment. And I'm glad that she got cut off to go on a mission because the track record of this episode, that conversation would have ended really badly. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, maybe it's a little too early to say, hey, guess yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that. I might have killed your dad. I don't know. Yeah. And then, yeah, she's very focused on this mission. I don't know what she's going to have to do, like you said, but based off of what that commanding officer says, she's almost completely sure that Gus is there. So mm-hmm. she's on a mission for sure. Uh, but yeah, so my last like point, which is, again, kind of just quick little thoughts, was Amy and Jep before that conversation and switch that she has. But just their situation there with the Air Lords, because that's this group of mercenaries that Amy calls. Uh, Jeff is actually aware of them and their reputation. I like his line. He says, with these types, money talks and bullshit ends up in a shallow grave. We ain't got no money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that line. Yeah, and then the Air Lords pick up Amy and Jep, and by pick up, I mean ambush, throw bags over their head, throw them in a truck and drive away. It's the same difference, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rufus recognizes Jep, and I think Jep is first uneasy because he thinks he means he recognizes him as a last man. But no, he's just a rabid football fan. Uh, the Air Lords agree to raid the zoo and help Jamie and Jep free the kids for the price of taking and keeping all uh, any and all the last man supplies that they want from them. Which Jep is good for thinking under pressure. I will tell you, spoils of war, that thing where there's like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also, Rufus. What's up with that haircut? Oy. He's looking like a methed up Travis Tritt fell headfirst into a pile of running blenders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then just the last little note that I thought was interesting. I don't know if you picked up on one of the Air Lords. I don't even know her name, just kind of one of the other ones there. When they're talking about taking the, the fleet and not having enough fuel to get all the way to Essex. And one of them says, oh, we made a run for Zhang. And Zhang is one of the three. I remember that name. Oh, okay. Good pickup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know Ooh. if that will be a big deal or not, but I just, that name was familiar. There's a reason. Like, there's a point behind that name. Ah. Nice little name dropping so we don't, like, completely forget, yeah. you know, the, the three, this mysterious three. Yeah. That we keep hearing about and alluding to. Yeah, so that's, yeah, all that I had is like a final point. It was just, yeah, throw out some extra little things that I mm-hmm. thought and noticed there. Where do you think, how the hell do they have enough fuel for these planes? Right. <laughs> I mean, we we talked in like The Walking Dead. We talked about like in The Last of Us, you know, when, when uh, gas sits for so long. One, is it even any good any longer? But then, like, where does all of this fuel just come from? I mean, we're not just talking about cars and siphoning enough uh, gas to get, uh, you know, a road trip for a car. These are freaking airplanes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's specialized fuel and a lot of it. I say it's not even like gas. It's like jet fuel (laughs) uh, that like, okay. Or I guess I guess they're propeller planes. I don't know. I am not. You know, a, an airplane know. specialist. Yeah. <laughs> is it jet fuel still, or is it, I'm sure, still some sort of special airline fuel? I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, really? <laughs> I feel like that's something. It's one thing to run out of gas 
on in a car on the side of the road, I don't want to run out of gas in the air on an airplane. No. So (laughs) how how would you make sure that you have enough fuel to get where you need to go? And how are you flying these things? Are you just does autopilot even exist anymore? There's no towers helping you. Uh, You're just flying these things. Are you that good? I don't know. So many questions. Right. Totally irrelevant. But like real world things that I always slide into, like some of these types of shows, like how would that actually work? Yeah. Um, That doesn't even matter. But (laughs) just questions. Dumb questions. Um, any notes? Uh, just a few little things. Uh, music stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't like do a breakdown of all the stuff, but I thought what was really cool was the kind of uh, bookends of this episode. Because the episode starts with a concert performance at fa- uh, concert performance formage. That's not a word. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really good at performage. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh expert performage uh but yeah it's been a long yeah. day pig it's okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah there's a concert performance uh at factory town of this uh new zealand folk band named you me everybody and they're playing their song stranger and i did another little dive in to see and it is the actual band in the show playing on the stage they got the actual band to go in and just like do their own song which is pretty cool and i like the netflix captions referred to it as rollicking bluegrass and i was like i bet they're very pleased uh (laughs) it did have a bluegrass feel to it i liked it a lot i really dug it Uh, (laughs) and then the episode closed with that same song stranger as well Mm -hmm. which i really liked that there was this bookend uh and then i just was final note that i took was just kind of this excitement for the next episode because we get the narrator saying all roads get us to where we need to go we just have to get there in time and we see yeah the three are headed to essex for a show whatever that means mm-hmm. um becky is headed there with the last men amy and jep are both headed there to rescue gus separately uh it's all gonna culminate in quite the mess and i'm ready for it um <laughs> next episode it looks like finally all of the roads are converging and we're gonna get something really big i hope i hope so because i was thinking about it, i'm like we're still at the damn zoo the kids yeah <laughs> the kids. and we're going into episode five of eight like yeah because we're halfway it's a good point we're at the halfway yeah. mark yeah yeah i was really it's, hoping it's the time for something really big to happen and, and shift the back half of the season i think i agree i agree i i hope it's the next episode and and with maybe with bear and hopefully getting her way, working her way into access, into getting into the zoo. Bobby has made his way out. Now, how, how, how's that going to play? Like, I mean, no one's going to help him, I don't think, <laughs> or unless he can find Bear. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm not sure we, we, because it just ended where he, he gets out in his little Shawshank moment. But, um, you know, he's at least out and bear and then you know amy and the mercenaries you know even though we hate her if she can at least get the kids out um with the help i mean that would be great mm-hmm. but yeah we're still we're still sitting there in the freaking zoo um all right well i th- i think unless you have anything else that you want to say All right. Yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it. And I'm curious to see what our listeners have to say about this episode. I'm sure they have some thoughts and feelings uh, very much like we did. So 
Do you want to take the first one for me? All right. First one comes from Maureen Favo. Says, I like episodes that start with the narrator. Too few and so uh, there's too few so far this season. Mm-hmm. Highs and lows within minutes. Addie, Ronnie, poor Peter. Shortest deal ever. Hmm. Bobby's the best, and that is before the epic Shawshank scene reenactment. <laughs> we may have to discuss other scenes we want to see Bobby reenact. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the memes now. Uh, they're probably all over the internet by now. <laughs> Bobby just walks in. I make Bobby make offer. You can't refuse. Um, <laughs> no. uh, she goes on to say, Becky is a bigger badass than I remember. I'm not sure Gus could have told the kids any story that captures her properly. Well, Johnny makes more sense. The dinner was quite ver- a verbal chess match uh, between Ronnie and Abbott. Addie has gone, has gone too obsessed and thinks divine intervention is at work. And episode five must be D-Day at the zoo. A total convergence. Rescue, the three visit, Becky, and I think we're about to get some answers and action, but still half the season left. P.S. Since you were calling back to season one, Gus spent most of the season thinking his mom was dear. That's right. Yeah. That is right. I totally forgot about that. Totally forgot about that. Thank you for uh, reminding me. This is what happens when you don't go do a rewatch. Right. I, yeah. I watched like a like. I did a recap. Ten minute recap before starting a new season. Sometimes that leaves out some. There's those yeah. details. Yeah, we got the the high high points for sure. Yeah, I I did not rewatch. My bad. Uh, Shay, is it weed? Wade, I am so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, Let us know. Yeah, feel free. I, yeah, I, I welcome the corrections and apologies in advance. Um, says, what a good episode. Can't wait to see what happens next. Not real happy about Amy's decision to cut Jep out of Gus's life. Also sad for Gus being ostracized. I enjoyed seeing Bobby trust Gus in the Shawshank moment of his uh, escape. After we watched the episode, I showed my daughter Catherine the Shawshank escape scene, and she cracked up. I also <laughs> like seeing um, Addie snipe at Abbott. I wouldn't mind if either kills or harms the other. It's a no loss scenario, no lose scenario in my mind. Can't wait to see what happens next episode. You should let your daughter watch all of Shawshank. It is <laughs> the best movie ever. The best. Thanks, Shay. And the next comes from Don Elizabeth. Says, I feel so bad for Gus being cut out of the group, but I have faith he will make up for lying about Roy. Peter was creepy, and I think they used him because of that, so we wouldn't feel so bad about him being used for the secret sauce. Though I do feel bad. No one should be used that way. I don't think Amy has any right to cut Big Man off from Gus. Do you think Addie and Ronnie will survive Abbott's scheme? Especially now that they seem to be drifting apart in regards to the And I'm not sure it's such a good idea for Ronnie to taunt Abbott and show such support of Johnny. I love the Shawshank moment Bobby had. <laughs> Have I missed other King Easter eggs? <laughs> also, what has happened to the big deer that ha- that appeared near Gus a few times in season one? I keep forgetting to ask. That must have been important, so why haven't we seen it again, especially with Gus in danger? I, it's a good question. I, a thought good question. About, I have thought about that, too. Like I haven't made any notes about it, but mm-hmm. but I've had little thoughts about that. Like, yeah, they made a big point of that, like, appearing to Gus. But, I mean, he's been locked up in the zoo this whole time, so... Maybe yeah. now, if he does get a chance to escape, maybe we'll get that again. Yeah, I've I've wondered too, but so much has been going on that it hasn't been at the forefront. But I think it's a good question, and I I'm not sure what happened. Um, and 
you asked another good question. Do you think Addie and Ronnie will survive Abbott's schemes? I don't know, but I can tell you this. I, I, I feel like it's it's naive of Ronnie to maybe think that now that Addie has a cure, that she, if she's able to uh, take advantage of that cure, that she's somehow going to be free. Because she's like free of that man. And I'm like, if you think... He's going to let you all go, cure or no cure. You you are very naive. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to, I don't think, end well. I mean, unless something miraculous happens in some way that they're able to get away. But he's not just going to let them go, right. um, regardless of the cure. Um, if it actually works anyway. Thanks, Don. Um, we got an email this week from our good friend Daphne. She is so loyal and true with her emails. She says, Hi, Rima and Paik. It was heartbreaking to watch everyone, including Wendy, turn their backs on Gus after he admitted he lied about Roy. I'm glad Bobby stepped up and hope his little adventure outside is fruitful. And he got his Andy Dufresne moment. Yeah. <laughs> just makes me so happy. Everyone just gets that reference. Yes. <laughs> um, Gus and Abbott finally meeting makes me nervous. Abbott is just so despicable and I don't trust him for a second. Damn it, Addie. Killing Peter is not okay. There is a lot we could have learned from him. Uh, who taught him to talk? Why was he at the lab? Etc. I guess he didn't need to keep his promise to Gus, so Peter was expendable. I also wanted to see Peter meet the others and realize he wasn't the only one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Now I'm even more sad. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that until just now. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, Daphne goes on to say, even though everything he has done has been out of love for Ronnie, it seems like Addie connected more with Abbott, starting to easily, uh, sorry, it it seems like Addie connected more with Abbott, starting to easily excusing his need to do bad things, all in the name of the greater good. Love Ronnie and Johnny's interactions and hope she can steer Johnny to the good side and to think for himself. Becky is a beast. She's so determined to get to Gus that she'll do anything. And she still has no idea that her sister is with him. Can't wait for the reunion of hashtag Wendy Bear. Looking forward to your thoughts as always, Daphne. That's really great. Thanks, Daphne, as always. All right. And we did get a voice message this week from Steve. See what he has to say. Hello, Bacon Rima. This is Steve, and this is going to be for uh, Sweet Tooth Season 2, Episode 4. Bad man. You haven't let me down yet. We're going to get to meet Amy's people, the Air Lords. Hmm. Oh, that's just sad that they, they've lost trust in Gus, but hopefully he'll redeem himself quickly. So our frantic Dr. Singh has found the cure. <laughs> Mullethead is an NFL fan. Oh, now I get it. The Air Lords were the ones dropping the flyers. Ah, uh, oh, bringing back memories of my first day of basic training. Oh, Wow. Uh-oh, Johnny. Uh, General Abbott does not like what you just reported to him. <laughs> Disaster economics. I get it. <laughs> How cartoonish of them drop a piano on him. And they really meant it. A piano. Oh, we found a buyer for this finally. <laughs> Bobby just used the Leatherman to cut off his collar. It's a good thing Bobby took that big whiff of dog. Now he can find Big Man and Amy. Did we know that Johnny is General Abbott's brother? What the crap? Did he just lift up the sheet and he cut out Peter's brain? Oh, more scenes of the training bringing me back. If it ain't raining, we ain't training. Oh, gargoyle, their safe word. 
Oh man, he comes clean. And of course, that's uh, what's going to hurt her the most is him telling her this. And now she can't trust him. This whole episode is about trust. So they had to give up all their belongings, but they let them keep their jewelry, these necklaces and stuff. Yeah, we didn't get to keep anything. Oh, that was almost a really touching story that Abbott just told about growing up and with Johnny and him being the hand and Johnny being the heart. Oh, they just revealed that Peter is dead. Gus gored that guy in the leg and now he's looking for Ronnie. Oh, but he found General Abbott instead. <laughs> I'm sure that's a homage to Shawshank Redemption, right? Bobby crawling out of the sewer and, and standing in the rain with his arms outstretched. Oh, that's wrong, Amy. Just leaving him behind. Uh, all right. Talk to you later. Great, hey, as was, always. That was really good, Steve. I, that went a lot. Especially uh, if you could see the video version of this when you said the thing about Bobby sniffing dog to be able to get like a scent. Both of me and Rima just like had this like wide eyes like, oh. Yeah, I, both. Because. I, I didn't really pick up on that, but it makes sense because I was just like, because like, I saw him like sniffing and I was like, how is he supposed to catch the scent of these? Like they left so long ago, but that makes sense. So nice catch. Did not even think about that. Some, yeah, really great point. Didn't think about that. Yeah, it was a total light bulb moment. Take and I locked eyes and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that was great, Steve. Thank you so much. I love all the military references too. I, yeah. Little callbacks. Steve and his time in the military. Thank you for your service. Nala thanks you as well. Nala <laughs> thanks you as well. <laughs> All right. So thank you everyone so much um, for the feedback. Um, appreciate it as always. I, I'm glad folks are still sticking with us yeah. um, and, and the week by week. All right. So yeah, we're, it, it took me a hot minute to realize that we are um, at the halfway mark because it is only eight episodes. I feel like I get so used to a lot of Netflix shows being like 10. That yeah, just I was thinking 10. And then yeah. I don't think I realized till after we recorded last week when I went to watch the next episode that I realized that the season, the episode list on Netflix ended shorter than I thought it did. And I was like, oh, there's only eight. That's, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, we are at the halfway point. Yeah, you're right. We got it. We got to get some stuff moving. So for that, uh, for us, anyway, that means that next week we're going to be covering Season 2, Episode 5 of Sweet Tooth, titled What It Takes. Mm. I I know a lot of stuff's going to happen, um, but that title is a little a little scary because it's it is. like, well, usually what it takes is, is some kind of sacrifice or uh, kind of making a you know a deal with yourself on where you're supposed to where, where do you draw a line so yeah uh yeah if you're having to have that conversation with yourself like can i do what it or takes compromise either way it's probably not a good mm, thing <laughs> yeah can't be good probably some challenging um and difficult decisions maybe mm. from some of the characters yeah i don't know we'll see yeah but if you would like to write in or leave us a message, any feedback for that episode when you get a chance to watch it, or if you already have, we have posts for all the episodes already up on Facebook. So you can check out our Facebook page or for other ways, podcastica.com will give you all the information you need. Yeah. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. So many great shows right now. We've mentioned a couple of them. Um, Perfectly Marvelous, a Mrs. Maisel podcast. It's just 
getting great buzz and a lot of folks really engaging with that show. Um, of course, there's Yellow Jackets that's currently on from season two. Yeah. That's being covered right now. Just absolutely fantastic coverage um, from both yeah. uh, Liz Alex and, and Alex. Alex and Lizzie, yeah, they've, they've been killing it over there, not just with covering the episodes, but like they just keep sprinkling in and dropping interviews with the cast constantly. They've been I doing mean, an awesome job with that. They're they're just it's it's amazing. I'm just awed uh, every time I see something come out or what they're what they've accomplished and uh, yeah. what what they're doing over there. So amazing things, um, and you know, lumped into that category, of course, uh, you and Daphne with Run for Your Lives. Yeah. Uh, do you want to drop a little tease of what to expect this week? Yeah. Well, Rima, you know very well what to expect <laughs> I do. this week. Um, <laughs> Because, yeah, this week's episode, we had a special guest on, and it was you. Uh, Yay! <laughs> you're, you're coming back. We covered Jaws way back in season one of Run For Your Lives, so we were a little overdue for it, so we had to bring you back to do Jaws 2. It was all my pleasure. <laughs> I, I love talking sharks with y'all. Yeah. So, yeah, that was super fun, um, and I was honored to be on with you guys. Yeah. Appreciate you having me. It was a blast. So that'll be up on Friday for those who are listening. So if you want to go also podcastica.com, you can find the link to run for your lives. And if you got some feedback on Jaws too for me and Daphne and Rima, hit us up. Yeah, classics. <laughs> yeah, please and thank you. Go out and show some love to all the uh, Podcastica shows. Let them know that you appreciate, you know, um, all the hard work that they're putting in, you know, to the podcast and all the great content that everyone, um, you know, provides. So everyone loves to see that it really you know uh we we all share the same thoughts we really love you know and appreciate you know all the love that y'all um give you know yeah. and it it keeps us going right and in any way <laughs> big or small whether it's feedback or if it's just you following or subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to leaving reviews ratings for this show for that for that show all the shows we we appreciate all of it tell all your friends please and thank you in advance but for now that's our show for today so thank you for listening everyone until next time i'm rima and i'm pig and shay wade is strange indeed